Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. We're so happy you joined us on this episode. We're in a series entitled, Behold Your God. It's from the Gospel of John in the New Testament, and today we come to John chapter 11, and we're going to look at a a message I've entitled, When Death Met Jesus. Let's go to John chapter 11, and as you turn to that in your Bible or your New Testament, or maybe you're on Bible Gateway or some similar online Bible app, as you turn to that and find that, search for that, I want to give you a context for the message today. In the Gospel of John, when we read here in John chapter 10, it is a little over a week away from Passover week, in which the Lord Jesus Christ will do many things, such as the Last Supper, He will be in the Garden of Gethsemane. He will share new encouraging teachings with His disciples. And of course, He will be betrayed, tried, beaten, crucified, certified by experts as being dead, buried, and on the third day, rise again victorious over death. And all of that is going to happen in the Gospel of John in a little over a week's time. But 12 entire chapters of the Gospel of John are devoted basically to this time period that's just a little bit greater than a week, starting in John 11 here. That's about 57% of the Gospel of John is about this last week. It is about Christ walking through this world, born as the perfect God-man, the perfect Savior, and making His way to the Holy of Holies of the Gospel of John. But first, if you think of that in the, the idea of the temple and the Holy of Holies being where the high priest met God once every year, he could not do that without sacrifice. So before the Holy of Holies is the altar of sacrifice there must first be a blood sacrifice to pay the price of sin. That's the cross of Christ. Now, let's go right to John chapter 11. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, 
He whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now let's just stop there in verse 6 of John 11. And we want to give you a little geography lesson here. Lazarus lived in the village of Bethany, and it wasn't very far from Jerusalem. Actually, it's about one and a half miles or two and a half clicks if you're European, <laughs> from Jerusalem. And it's sort of like when Mary and Martha were washing dishes and looked out the window over the sink at their home, they could say, I could see Jerusalem from here. It was that close. That's not where the Lord was at this time. The Lord was out in the wilderness area because just recently, I mean, right about this same time, the religious leaders in Jerusalem had sought to execute him by stoning because he proclaimed the truth that he is, in fact, God. So it wasn't his time right then to die, so he removed himself from Jerusalem for a brief period of time. So where he is, a message is sent to him that he needs to come quick, that Lazarus, I don't think he had a cold. He was very, very sick, deathly sick. Please come and heal him that he not die. And this is a very understandable request. Now, Jesus makes a statement here in verse 4 that's an absolute mind expander. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that, you know, we would think that he hopped up immediately and went, right? That's kind of what you would expect. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, two things I would like to make a point about right here. It is an incomplete theology to say that, um, you know, sickness is never the will of God because now we live in a fallen world. And there are times, although it's not my job to sort it all out and tell people, well, this is why you're sick, this is why you're sick, not my job or yours. But here was a case where the sickness that Lazarus had, the Lord was saying here, it's not, it's not going to end in his death and he stays dead, but it's to glorify God that the Son of God, that is Jesus himself, might be glorified thereby or, or with this sickness. And the disciples must have wondered, how, how would that happen? Wouldn't it be better just to heal him? Maybe they wondered that. We've all seen cases, and 
known of people that were in our families and among our friends and fellow church members and neighbors and so on that that we prayed that they would be healed and yet they were not and they died. But I have to believe here that there are so many cases where this is for a greater purpose, a greater plan that God has. I can't explain it. I'm not God. And you know what? Neither are you. But anyway, she certainly expected that when Jesus heard about this, he would come right away. So this death was something that that would glorify God, and Christ is in no rush to get there. Now, I don't always understand God. In fact, I could safely say, the longer I've walked with the Lord, it seems like He is so immense that I realize I actually understand far less than I thought I did because my, my realization of how great God is has grown and grown and grown. So let's go to verse 7. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. <laughs> now this is where they had just left from to, to escape the execution that was intended for the Lord at that time, but was not the right time. Verse 8, his disciples said to him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said the disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. It's sort of like us saying, he'll be okay. We don't need to go back into Judea. Verse 13, Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. You see, to God, even if I died today, to God, I'm just asleep. He can wake me up. How about that? That's how great God is. So the Lord, you know, it's amazing how dense we can be. I'm not getting on the disciples. They're greater men than, than I could ever hope to be. But we can often be so dull and dense about spiritual things. They didn't pick up on what Jesus was saying, so he lays it out for them. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest and sleep. Then Jesus said unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, and that means twin, so he must have had a twin brother or sister. 
Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us go also that we may die with him. Wow, life of the party. Mr. Positivity and Excitement there, Thomas. But uh, as I said, he's far greater man than I'll ever be. Verse 17, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now, let's just stop there just a minute. Jesus waited, and enough time has passed since Lazarus breathed his last earthly breath that he had been dead and in the tomb four days. Four days. What's the point of that? Well, I want you to think about something with me. This will not be the first time in the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that he raises someone from the dead because we know in the Gospels he has raised other people from the dead. That's not new. But in those cases, Christ raised them from the dead soon after they had died. So it would have been very easy for those who tried to detract from him or uh, dismiss him or say that it was some kind of trickery or, uh, you know, just a fluke. It would have been easy to say about the previous resurrections that um, it was more of a resuscitation where they weren't really dead, but they were like maybe in a coma or something like that, and they they uh, they rallied and, and appeared to be alive again. And, and now the Lord actually raised those people from actual death, period. But it would have been easy for his enemies to give that excuse. You see what I'm saying there? But this is a completely different scenario. Lazarus has been dead, and the way we spell that in the South is D-E-D, dead. He'd been, we don't really spell it that way, but he'd been dead four days. Now, John makes a big deal about this. And um, it's, it's brought up again by one of the sisters. What's the big deal about four days? Well, in the Talmud, a, a writing, a religious writing that guided the Jewish people in their uh, religious life and so forth, it says in the Talmud that the corruption or decay of the body starts, it sets in on the third day. And it is, was believed by many at that time among the Jewish people that the spirit of the person remained around the body, near the body, for three days. But after the third day, even the spirit left the presence of that body. So the point is, hey, it's one thing to raise a little girl who just died or raise a, an only son of a widow being carried from his death to his burial place who may have died that day, I, I don't remember, or just recently, like the last day or so. It's one thing to raise them from the dead and have the detractors say, well, it was just, 
Yeah, it only looked like they were dead. They weren't really dead. They just resuscitated. Lazarus, now they, as I said, those people were actually dead and the Lord raised them. But Lazarus, by any measure of the people around him, he was dead, flat out dead. So this was impossible because to their way of thinking, even Lazarus's spirit was not even hanging around his body anymore. His body was decaying at this point. This simply is not possible to their way of thinking. All right, let's go to verse 18. I want you to hang on to that thought. Now, Bethany was nigh under Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, so about a mile and a half or almost two and a half um, kilometers from Jerusalem. And, and you could, I'm sure you could see Bethany from Jerusalem and Jerusalem from Bethany. It was that close. And by the way, this village still exists today. In the language of the people that live there, it is, uh, I have it written down here. I want to read it because this is pretty neat. The name of the village is, now I know I wrote that down. <laughs> here it is, Al-El-Zaria. And do you know what, the, what that translates to, Al-El-Zaria? It translates to the place of Lazarus. That's the name of that village. Isn't that interesting? So when people say, the Bible's not true, well, the people that live there apparently changed the name of that village at some point to call it the place of Lazarus, and you'll see why here in a moment. I mean, he was famous after what we're about to see. He became a tourist attraction himself. All right, now, so let's, let's not get stuck here. I'll keep moving. Verse 19, and, and many of the Jews, and we're talking here, again, as we've always said, when it talks about the Jews here and the rulers and all that, it's not being anti-Jewish. Everybody that we're reading about right here is Jewish, all right? So some of the Jewish prominent people, I'm sure, religious leaders and so on, some of them probably, rich people, business people, relatives, family, people who hated him and want to make sure he was dead and so on, whatever. <laughs> Everybody came. So this was not a secret miracle we're going to see. It was right there. I mean, you could have had it in a, uh, a stadium. It would have had the same effect. Everybody was watching. This is not a secret. I love that. So... Uh, Anyway, let's just, I'm getting bogged down. Verse 19. And many of the Jews came to Mary, Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, Whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. 
Verse 24, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Have you ever been upset with God, mad with God, disappointed with the Savior? I think this is it's, it's understandable for sure. I feel that this is where Mary and Martha were at this point the lowest point of their spiritual life. And it was very human and honest for them to both make the same protest to the Lord. Where were you? You're God. Why didn't you show up when you should have? That might be the way I would translate that, just the idea of it. So when people say the Bible is not real, it's not trustworthy, hey, this is a very accurate book. That's exactly how people are. You and I are that way sometimes. But look at verse 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. You know, in the book of Hebrews, it says that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That means that we can never truthfully say, God, you don't understand. God came here. He lived here. Jesus is God. And trust me when I say, Jesus understands and he said where have ye laid him they said unto him Lord come and see now verse 35 is the shortest verse in the Bible Jesus wept I love that because I think he wept at what Sin and the consequences of sin and the fallenness of the world had created all of this death and separation and 
misery and destruction. I think he wept because he cared about these friends of his. Jesus wept. If you've ever wondered, does the Lord really know how you feel? Does he even care if he knows? Remember this verse. And for all of you that tell me, I just can't remember Bible verses, we've got one just for you. <laughs> John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, said, not, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. It's been pointed out that the reason he said Lazarus is because since he's God, if he had just declared to Lazarus without his name, come forth, Everybody dead would have come forth. That's a, a very, very good way to put that. Verse 44. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. And many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. We've said numerous times, and behold your God, in the Gospel of John, that the main purpose the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle John to write the Gospel of John is so that those who hear what's in it and read what's in it would believe that Jesus Christ is God. And depending on how you count the words and the forms of the words, 
the idea of believing in Christ is in the Gospel of John anywhere from I believe. I remember about something like 43 times to over 80 times. This is the central theme of the Gospel of John. And we see here a wonderful thing. Many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. The impossible had just occurred right in front of all of their eyes. And many believed. They came to faith in Jesus Christ as Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, God in human form. And they passed from death to life. That's a wonderful thing. I wonder if you are placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ now. Or perhaps you've done that at some time in the past and you simply stand amazed in the presence of Jesus, the Nazarene. But you know, it's been said that the same sun that melts wax hardens clay. There's a story, a little, little poem actually, that I've always liked. Two prisoners looked through prison bars. One saw mud, the other stars. Now, this great miracle that simply was impossible, Lazarus had been dead four days, and to their way of thinking, his spirit was long gone, and his body was starting to decay. Lazarus was raised, I believe, in perfect health, and they all saw it. Many believed, but many did not. Verse 46. This has got to be one of the most stunning verses in the Gospel of John. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees, and told them what things Jesus had done. And you know, as I read those words, and maybe as you hear them and you read them as well, you think to yourself, what in the world did these people need to see in order to believe in Jesus Christ? It's astounding, the unbelief that is shown here. Verse 47, then gathered the chief priest and the Pharisees a council and said, what do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place, means the temple, and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he, not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, 
but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Verse 52, or 53. Then from that day forth, they took counsel together for to put him to death. This is simply stunning. It's astounding. It's inexplicable. The hatred and blindness they have toward Jesus Christ, who has just raised a man to life, perfect health, who had already been dead four days. It's just amazing. Whereas many saw that and believed on Christ, many saw it and were enraged by it. Very hard to understand. Verse 54. Jesus, therefore, no more openly walked Uh, Excuse me, let me start over. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priest and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. So Christ is again gone to a different location away from their grasp and only when it's the right time will he allow himself to be arrested and tried beaten crucified killed and buried and then of course resurrected again now i want to show you something that's really neat about lazarus you know what his name means the name lazarus means God has helped. (laughs) That's wonderful. God has helped. I wonder if you can say today that God has helped you. Jesus Christ has saved you. If you cannot say this yet, you know that you are not a Christian. Perhaps you're even a follower of a different religious system. And yet you know that what you're seeing, God is telling you that you need to trust Christ. Right now, turn from your sin. Place your full faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask Him to save you and forgive you and make you a child of God. And you can leave your feudal religion, which is so desperate and ineffectual in helping you have peace and forgiveness of sin. Turn to Christ and become a follower of Jesus Christ.
If you would like more information with no obligation at all, but you would like to know more about Jesus Christ and Christianity, write this toll-free number down. 888-537-8720. Again, I thank you for listening to this episode of This Week in the Word, the podcast episode that we've recorded today. I hope that you will become a subscriber to this podcast. That way, every time we post a new episode, you'll be notified automatically. I hope you will also tell your friends, family, co-workers, neighbors, people on sports teams, anyone you know, tell them about This Week in the Word that can be found easily at dredhill.podbean.com. Dot com. One more time, www.dredhill.podbean.com. And remember, there's no period after the doctor, after the DR. It's just dredhill.podbean.com. Let others know, and perhaps they will join and grow in their faith in Christ, or perhaps even come to faith in Christ. Well, thank you again so much for listening. God bless you is my prayer. Have a great week in the Lord and grow in your walk with Christ. Thank you so much.